0: podcast this week. It's time for the referendum, as the Neon Demon director Nicholas Winding Refn and his star Elle Fanning drop by for the most important interview of our lifetime. Plus, the usual movie news and nonsense on the podcast is preparing to say goodbye to one of its own. Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the Empire Podcast. Uh, as ever, I'm joined by three colleagues of such lethal cunning this week. Helen O'Hara. Howdy. Johnny Pyle. Hello mate. And Dan Jolin. Greetings. Now you may have noticed I've spared them all a pithy intro and Helen uh, went to Glastonbury last week. I mean, talk about a fish out of water. I mean, and I I can't even make a joke about that because uh, we're flipping the format this week. We're flipping it a little bit. Right. Um, Questions will come at the end and uh, also because we're hurting. We're hurting, which is why I didn't do the pithy intros this week because this is Dan Jolin's last podcast as a staffer here at Empire. Uh, Because after a decade of glorious service aboard the Good Ship Empire, he's buggering off in search of Pastors New. But don't worry, we're going to send Dan off with the dignitas, the dignity he deserves. (laughs) Yeah, you're leaving, man. Yeah, that's actually 12 years. 12, I know, I said more than a decade. (laughs) 12 years. I'm not ashamed, 12 12, years. 12 12 glorious years.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll get into it all, Dan, later on. We've got a lot of questions for you from readers. We've um, got, got a stream of people coming in to give heartfelt testimonials. It'll all be really rather emotional and lovely. Who's coming in? What? Uh, a stream of people. A stream? Star guests. Okay. I've, I've arranged big names. Big. 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 A list names. Top, 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 top men. Top <laughs> men. No one's coming in, Dad. Oh, oh, okay. No one's coming in. All right. Um, well, Johnny's but, here. Johnny's here. I'm here. He's a big name. Johnny's. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny's a big name. Johnny Pyle is a big name. That's one syllable. Uh, Helen O'Hara. Actually, Helen, I want to ask you about Glasbury. How was yeah, it? Yeah.
2: Um, it was really muddy. Um it was a bit noisy. I'll be honest. Uh, I felt
1: like people, noisy. People, people, <laughs> people muddy and noisy keep it down guys
2: people didn't seem to know about 10 o'clock bedtime it was weird um, but, uh, but no I had a wonderful time I was working at the Pilton Palais the, the uh-huh. cinema tent um, <clears> hanging <throat> out with Tilda Swinton among other people she was our yeah. film star in residence um, but at one point I got up on stage to introduce her and, uh, and so I opened with Hello Glastonbury Because I mean how often are you going to have the, the option Of Almost saying Hello never. Glastonbury to a packed house of people At Glastonbury and, uh, and I introduced her and she came on stage And I immediately slipped in the mud when trying to get off stage So karma works fast Oh
3: my god You're like Jennifer Lawrence then
2: I basically am Jennifer Lawrence, yes. Congratulations. Did I? you fall
1: all the way over?
2: Uh, I, I just uh, slipped down to my knees in the mud and uh, Tilda Swinton's very nice uh, partner, husband, boyfriend, person. Other um, half. Other half, uh, Sandros, uh, picked me up and he was very kind. Oh, oh that's,
0: that's lovely. Yeah. So, yeah. You, did you style it out? Did people oh, see? Yeah. Did people no. see?
2: Everybody was looking at Tilda Swinton. Everybody was, it was fine. No all one right. is looking at me when Tilda Swinton is speaking. It's okay. okay.
0: All right. I hosted a press conference once at Cannes with uh, Quincy Jones and Brett Ratner. And I fell over. <laughs> well, so well, what, all, all the way over. All the way, all way over. I went to sit down and I fell over. Wow! I, so, uh, what, so did Quincy pull your chair away from you <laughs> as you went to sit? <laughs> yeah, it was a classic, classic Quincy Jones prank. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough to come back from that. So I just started mooning everyone. Um, right. Okay, well, good to have you back from the, you, the, you. the mud-soaked hellhole it <laughs> is Glastonbury. Right, uh, because we're flipping the format in its head this week, uh, we're going to start with the movie news, and in fact, we're going to start with a shameless plug, because today when we record the podcast is New Empire Day, the new issue of Empire has hit the stands. Subscribers should already have their issues, uh, and it is a belter. Uh, but it's a it for several reasons one it's a cracking issue great issue Star Trek Beyond is the cover movie uh, fantastic cover feature inside there as well we also have a supplement a 60 page 60 page Star Trek supplement covering 50 years of Star Trek because this year is a huge Star Trek anniversary so we have marked that with this wonderful supplement with lots of new interviews and look back looks back at the films and the TV shows and all sorts of stuff but it is also a a, a sort of Noteworthy issue of Empire because it is a redesign. What? A redesign? No, it's not me. You wear this, Johnny? Is it? It is. Oh, look! It looks different. It is. It looks great. It looks fantastic. It is fantastic. And Johnny Pyle, as deputy editor of the magazine, is here to talk us through uh, the redesign uh, and tell us what's happening. What's going on? Well, yeah, we have
3: we've we've redesigned it from uh, front to back, um, and. But you start with the front, right? Well, I mean, the front I cover is still the front cover. It's not that radical. This is true. It still, it still, it still has Empire on the front, Whew. <laughs> not in red though. This month, you'll oh, notice. Okay. And well, one of the the big things we've uh, done, or at least I see it as uh, monumental. I don't know how often you change the words by the star ratings, but we have.
1: Um, yeah, they stayed the same. F- the- yeah, they stayed the same for a very long
3: it's a, time. It's probably
2: a decade. It was. Yes. under Collins' leadership I believe that we yeah. have changed that
3: and now correct me if I'm wrong because I'm doing this from uh, memory but it was five stars was unmissable mm-hmm. unmissable and then excellent for four I think so yeah. and then good yep and then okay no not okay then poor, poor, poor. and poor. then tragic tragic yeah sounds good sounds right to me
2: so what have we got now
3: so now five stars means excellent sure because I don't know that you can go higher than that because unmissable to me I would say Batman v Superman was an unmissable film but I don't think it's a five star film I I think that it becomes unmissable doesn't necessarily
1: talk to the quality, it talks about the
2: cultural uh, moment. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: I think so. I think I believe that that's a kind of that's from an era when uh, it was almost like you were, there, there, there was the film that you had to see that month, mm-hmm. whether or not it was actually a, a standalone classic film that would for a, you know for the rest of time would be, be seen as a masterpiece. Uh, if it was if it was just the film you had to see that month, then it could get a five star. Hence
2: Cloverfield, actually, there was a debate. Do you remember yep. Cloverfield got its five star rating on that basis? Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, so
1: these are modern star
3: ratings. For the year 2016 and beyond, for the millennials.
2: <laughs> so They'll it's excellent, it. then good, then uh-huh. okay, and so then
0: poor. So hang, then awful. And finally, awful. so hang on, hang on. So three stars is now okay. Yeah, is that a recommendation? Because no, I, kind, okay. of, I said, we kind of, have a kind of a catchphrase here. That's that's you know, it's pretty, it's it's pretty set in stone. I mean, I was going to get a t-shirt printed up. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think that's still a recommendation, is it? has still a recommendation. Yeah. So, it's so
3: what we found in the office, that we were always like debating what the star ratings should be, and people thought different th- that two and three meant different things almost. Uh, so hopefully that is clearer, so then the star ratings will be uh, more representative of the review that they decorate.
2: Awesome. And there's another change to this section, which is that it's not just cinema releases now.
3: That is absolutely true, yeah. Uh, there's TV in there and there's actually uh, games as well. So th- they are still vaguely uh, sectioned off because fi- you you have all films and then we move on to TV and streaming platforms. Sure. So, But yeah, so it seems to me, I mean, Fundamentals of Caring sits in that TV and streaming section because it's available, premieres on Netflix. But, you know, it actually premiered at Sundance and, you know, Netflix could have gone to the cinema. You know, it's a film with Paul Rudd. So it seems it seemed odd to me to relegate it to a back sure. section when it's I, you saw it and hated it. Um,
2: <laughs> disliked. Just dislike. Fine. disliked. Disliked. Uh,
3: but you know, we have, you know, a, a new T V show with Rayleigh Otter and um Jennifer Lopez, whose name even though I was looking at her and reading her name, I suddenly <laughs> forgot. Yeah, <she's, laughs> Just for a second. She's fairly famous. Um so you know that's in there you know Orange is the new black, the new season of that, you know, was one of the biggest um entertainment Mm. Uh, yeah. launches of the past month and so yeah. that's why
0: that is in there so again, mm. it's reflecting this sort of cultural shift in people's viewing tastes and how we consume media. Absolutely. Oh, okay.
1: Awesome. And also there's, there's a logic to it in the sense that that's the section where the things you're seeing for the first time, the new things. Yeah. Mm. You see, it kind of did seem strange to be putting new things that you're seeing for the first time in a section which, which was more originally about, you know, returns of, you know, things on DVD and Blu-ray yeah, and stuff absolutely. like that. So there's, 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 I think there's a nice, clean logic to it. Absolutely.
3: I'm delighted that you feel that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, if not, we'd have to fight.
0: Well,
2: too late, Johnny, too late. Beat you to it. You've missed your opportunity. Uh,
0: there's a, there's another uh, major rejig going on towards the back of the magazine as well. The uh, review section has had a pretty major overhaul, but... Uh, overseen by your good self yes this is true but um, it is it can be, it, it is a review section but we've done something pretty radical with it
3: well but, I mean it's, we'll, a, we'll it's, a, it's it. a very simple thing um, on the surface it's that mm-hmm. there aren't um, uh, newly written uh, reviews for films that you know we reviewed three months ago so Deadpool is in there it's covered over three mm-hmm. pages uh, but we are not re-reviewing it we are mm-hmm. doing a viewing guide on the understanding that it's so recent. It's so recent that we um, wrote a review of it. It seems pointless to just write another one. We have mm. our Empire review; it exists online. Agreed. And now, you know, we can actually enjoy the film and engage with the film more, rather than just saying this is good about it, this is bad about it. We can Absolutely. like go deeper with all yep. these films. So Deadpool has a viewing guide, and uh, there's a. a a wonderfully conceived uh, illustration of the bunker in Ten Cloverfield Lane, where um, the director uh, Dan I'm saying
0: Tractenberg. Tractenberg, yeah. Uh,
3: he um, he talks through, you know the process of making it and all the little things that they hid there mm-hmm. and you know and he so, on and he, so uh, forth.
0: he was uh, very taken with uh, the illustration that uh, Ollie Gibbs uh, our one of our brilliant designers spent ages on he watched the film over and over and over again to try and get the layout of the bunker right so he talks us through all the different things and, and Trachtenberg was uh, was was raving about that the other day on, on Twitter and Instagram so glad you like it sir if you are listening to the podcast and why wouldn't you be um, but yeah the idea is basically with this that uh, we're no longer going to repeat Ourselves, so to just two or three months, we're going to go deeper into films. We're going to we're going to have essentially, really, it's another feature section uh, in a way. Yeah. Um. Where we're we we've got uh, in depth features. For example, this month we have a three page feature on the, the the enduring magic of Highlander, where we spoke to Christopher Lambert and Clancy Brown and Russell Mulcahy, and we've. Uh, things like best times worst of times a movie mastermind is back and there's a there's a great feature on how black Philip was the breakout star of the witch where we talked to the uh, director Robert Eggers there's there's all tons of great new stuff mm. Sally Hughes the the great writer has uh, a new column in the uh, in the magazine going forward which is great we have and I will absolutely fess up to this we have a new regular called the First Take Club um, which if you are a follower of the Ram Album Club on Twitter you may go what? Um, because in this um, uh, people will be watching films for the first time and writing, their, and writing about their take on them it is absolutely I will hold my hands up 100% inspired by the, the brilliant Ram Album Club uh, but it is done with the blessing of uh, Martin Fitzgerald who runs the Ram Album Club And in fact, for a long, long time, we were hoping that he would actually actively be involved in this, uh, but we couldn't quite make it work out. Um, He's a very, very busy guy. So this is something I'm really, really, really happy with. Uh, it's, It's a really, really good thing. We have Paul Merton. Writing about Buster Keaton, he's a huge fan of Buster Keaton. It's it's a really cracking section, I think. Can I just say on on a personal just do note on myself?
1: Yeah, I say on a personal note. also, there's a new regular thing in it called Kids Watch Classics. Um, there's, there's, but so, yeah, so yeah. The, the first the first ever first take club is is, is my son Louis. <laughs> yes, it is. So basically, Kids yeah. Watch Classics is uh, young kids watch classics.
0: And then we interview them for their reactions and and hilarity ensues. and that's that's one of the the, the fun things in there. It's a really really cracking issue of Empire. There's uh, fantastic features. I don't want to overstate the case and don't want to bang on about it too much, but it, you know there are some pretty radical reinventions going on here, and uh, we just wanted to talk you through them. Hold your hand and make sure everything's okay as you step with us into this new and exciting era uh, but there's some amazing amazing things in the issue the Star Trek Beyond feature is fantastic the Star Trek supplement is fantastic uh, there's an interview with Sophia Batella uh, there's a great feature on Jason Bourne's it's the guy who wrote
1: it you're awful it was great by the time
0: I finished with it I mean, <laughs> oh that's yeah answer. that's oh, right oh, Dan, yeah. Dan's just here yeah. to make me look good I yeah. um, spoke to Paul Greengrass uh, and uh, what's the guy's name the guy who plays Jason Bourne Matt Damon I yeah. um, spoke to Paul Greengrass for so long for that that uh, he was on his way back from the editing suite and he was uh, he was in a car and i spoke to him for so long for this he the that film, stopped so. off to get a takeaway on, on the way on the way back so if anyone saw a tweet i did about a month ago where i said uh I tweeted something like if you get to the point where you have to say to the the interviewee uh, okay you've got to take away now I've got to let you go that was who I was referring to Paul Greengrass Um, there's a great uh, feature by David Brent Life on the Road Ricky Gervais Helen interviewed Baz Luhrmann about Romeo and Juliet 20 years on Mm. Uh, and there's uh, Christopher Walken the the, um, Empire interview done by Johnny and there's a a really interesting feature on Stephen Seagal's On Deadly Ground so there's a little bit of something for everyone there i think. Plus the
2: Star Trek supplement which is fantastic yeah. it goes through all the series, uh, the movies. Uh, there's interviews, there's a quiz. It's it's wonderful. I didn't get full marks on the quiz. I feel like I'm going to have to hand in my trek badge.
3: Especially <laughs> as we wrote it and then made it easier.
2: Mm. Oh really? Oh, was, uh, yeah.
3: honestly the first the first take of that quiz was impossible. Oh i don't know, know all if all I, uh, which
2: one i did then. I know no, it looks like no, I, I, think I did, you did this that one. one. Yeah. 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 I missed yeah. A, I missed a question. I'm sorry. It's fine. It's fine.
0: It's okay. You can't, you can't win anyway. You can't... You what?
2: can't. Oh, there's a competition? I don't know
0: if it's a competition, but you can't, you know, as an employee of Bauer Media or, you know... All yeah, that, it's not all a competition. Stuff, it's fine. Okay, you're all It's right. just for fun. It's just for fun. There's no such thing as fun. It's all competitive. Uh, the news section, preview, is also fantastic. Loads of great stuff. But anyway, listen, yeah, don't want to do the hard sell. we got other things to talk about, and we're going to be self-indulgent enough anyway with Dan at the end of the podcast. So um, all I say, is a fantastic, fantastic issue. Really, really proud of it. £4.99 in all good and evil news agents. You can't say fairer than that. Unless you can say fairer than that, in which case, well done. Uh, right, so let's talk about actual movie news as well that happened this week. A big story that happened overnight is that after being criticised rightly so uh, last year the the uh, the Academy the uh, Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences have invited 683 new people into its ranks um, and 46% of those uh, are female 41% of those are people of colour in a clear attempt to increase the diversity of the Academy and to stave off I think further criticism about last year's Oscars whitewash hashtag Oscars so white um, so new members who've been invited and a large part of it comes from people being nominated and yeah. and, um, and winning uh, over the last couple of years so John Boyega has been invited in the Academy well done Finn uh, well done Moses uh, Idris Elba Lufa Lufa is an Academy member Okay. Today we're cancelling the apocalypse. That's we <laughs> to say. Today we're
2: cancelling Oscars. So <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. The Oscar. The Oscar apocalypse. Um. Which is great. Yeah. You know, Tina
2: Fey, Emma Watson, as well. Um, it's good people. Kate Beckinsale, S- Sarah Bennett, a local Londoner who won for VFX last year.
0: Is she in Luther?
2: She's not in Luther.
0: Well, no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well done. Um, Brie Larson. Ryan Cookler, Michael B. Jordan, who should have been invited immediately once they completed creed, because it's amazing. They've also been invited, as have, Anthony Anderson, Adam Beach, Chadwick Boseman, Carmen Ijogo, uh, America Ferrara, Greta Gerwig, Carla Gugino, Regina King, Tom Hiddleston, Tom Hiddleston. He Tom just Hiddleston. got in through who? his girlfriend. <laughs> um, Rachel McAdams. Tom Hiddleston am I saying that right?
2: I don't know. I'm never right. quite I think sure. I think I
0: think you're thinking of um, Tom Huddleston Tom Huddleston yes of yeah.
1: uh, of uh, Stoke in England. Wait, does he Hang on, Stoke no. anymore? Who's the one that no, plays not who, Who's the one that plays uh, was oh, um, who played Santa Claus? Is that David Huddleston? That's David Huddleston. <laughs> I think
0: you're thinking of Tom Huddleston of Time Out, who also writes uh, some young adult Star Wars novels. Ah, right. Which okay. is one of the, the best examples of moonlighting I can think of. Amazing. Um, Marlon Wayans has also been invited on the list. And uh, Nate Parker, who's the director of uh, Birth of a Nation, which is coming out later, uh, actually next year over yeah. here, uh, has also been a fighter. Rachel McAdams, as I said. Um so they're really, mm. I think really, this is a bit of a stealth play for the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you ask me. <laughs> so they got, they got Lucky, they got Rachel McAdams, they've got, you know, they got Michael B. Jordan, they got Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, you know, John is yeah. in Black Panther.
2: Yeah, I'm you not know, sure that that was their criteria. Chadwick
0: Boseman, they got the Black Panther. I think, I think, I think I know where they're coming from with this. Okay. I, Brie Larson may well be Captain Marvel. Do you know who who should be a good front runner for Captain Marvel? Who's that? And I say this just as someone who's really, really got into FEEP in the last uh, couple of months. <laughs> uh, Anna Anna Klumsky.
2: Interesting.
0: Yeah, just, can't, just do it. Just cast her, man. Come on, Kevin. I remember when no. she was in my girl.
2: Yeah, I think she With does as Gaw- well. Gaw- she was <laughs> in as
0: well. Uh, Alicia Vikander and Mark Rylance is also are also on the list. It's a it's a cracking list. Do you know who's not on the list? Who's that? Me.
2: Yeah, no, well, that's because, mm. you know, you haven't made any yeah. films.
1: And you're an old white man. Um, okay.
0: Uh, a, I'm not old. B, I haven't made any films, but I have been in Hostel Part 2. Which I mean, I think weren't
2: you cut from a theatrical release? I was
0: cut from a the theatrical release of Hostel. Oh, I'm but sorry. But not Hostel Part 2, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but good to see Nick De Semelian, uh is not on the list either for his dreadful performance as Edmund hmm. in Jurassic World. <gasps> yeah, screw him! I can't him. Yes. I can
2: believe you just signed that Edmund. Guy.
0: Yeah, screw that guy. Yeah, uh, it's a cracking, it's a really really good list. Uh, go and check it out. Six hundred and eighty-three people uh, on the list, and uh, hmm. a, a admirable, um, I think, attempt to increase diversity. And what I think that will mean as well. And we talked about this in the podcast too. It'll, it'll, that'll change. I think. The nominations uh, going forward,
2: hopefully so.
0: Well. Yeah, cool. Uh, which is which is very very cool. So mm. well done, the Academy. Lots of lots of interesting and uh, young blood,
1: young blood too. Young blood, yeah, uh, He's kind of 20, 24 years old now. I think it's now the age of the youngest Academy member. Oh, uh, wow. So the age range is twenty four to ninety one. Anything else happening in the world of news? Just uh, okay. not, not 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 a huge massive piece of news. But I mean, it's kind of you know more more casting's been going on for for Spider Man Homecoming. Uh, mm-hmm. So they've now cast Tyne Daly, who was, of course, Cagney or Lacey in Cagney <laughs> and Lacey um, it's like uh, Aunt
2: or deck? Yes,
1: Cagney or Lacey. Um So I never really watched. Cag- I'm going to be honest. I never really watched it. I was too young. It, but it was always it was it was always coming on as I was going to bed. I seem to re- uh, seem to remember. But that music was great. <laughs> Amazing, I do
2: it, <laughs> Please stop. I went a bit too please high please. Yeah, no, really yeah, went.
1: yeah, you should have gone a bit lower. I, and I was, I was completely, I, I was completely high. like, what, what I, was, I don't happening? know what key I was supposed to be in. What
0: is happening? That was so, uh,
1: timed in great monologue from the opening,
0: yeah. <laughs> the opening episode of Cagney and Lacey. Don't you remember when, when Lacey no, turns to her and says, Just, "Hey, Cagney, what's going on?" and Cagney goes,
2: "No, we'll stop." No, okay. The only Cagney and Lacey I acknowledge are the daughters of uh, Terry Crews in. Uh, in Brooklyn 99 carry on
1: okay so um, yeah I mean sorry that was just an excuse to, to, to badly sing the uh, theme so music to Cagney and Lacey
0: I'm so sorry I, I just imagine people's ears exploding as I yeah. went up very
1: high there sorry so yeah so she joined the cast but of course no one's saying who she's playing or what she's doing or where she is or why
2: mm-hmm. funny enough that leads me on to our next news story um, Barkhad Abdi has joined the cast of the Blade Runner sequel, but no one knows who he's playing, what he's doing, where he's where he'll be or why. Amazing. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. That's, that's good, though. He's good. He's it great. Is good. I it's, mean, good it's, it's great to see though. him get,
2: get work. Obviously, he impressed us all in Captain Phillips. He was very good earlier this year in Eye in the Sky. And it's great to see him getting more stuff. So hopefully this is a proper you know, size yeah. of a role, but we don't know what it is yet. Absolutely. And we don't know the name of the film yet, actually. We're still just calling it Blade Runner sequel.
1: I think he's going to be called... Um, do androids still dream of electric sheep?
2: Right. Okay, well, fingers crossed for that then. No. Uh, but mm. uh, Denis Villeneuve's still directing. We've got Ryan Gosling, Robin Wright, David Bautista, Anna de Armas, Mackenzie Davis, Sylvia Hooks, and Carlo Jory.
0: I know what it should be called.
2: What What should it be called?
0: Double Deckard. <sighs>
2: anyway. Wait. Um
0: wait. Ryan Gosling's character is called... Wait, uh-huh. wait, hang on. He's called Monaghan Black. What an awesome name. He teams up with Rick Deckard. Together, they are Black and Deckard. Please stop. And their theme tune goes a little bit like this.
2: I'm begging you. Okay, all right. um, Um, Sorry,
0: I don't know what's happened.
2: There is one bit of really (laughs) weird news that deserves our attention for a moment. Hmm. Um, Tetris.
0: (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Cause this, is, a, this, is a scoop, this
2: is this an is an Empire scoop. A, yes. this, is, this is as scoopy
1: as we get. Yes. A fucking Tetris we story. fucking scoop the shit out of this.
0: <laughs> Honestly. Anyway, Helen, sorry. I was no, no, trampling please. all over um, your scoop.
2: No, I mean, it's not my scoop. Uh, it isn't
0: your scoop. That's right. It not is. only are
2: they planning a Tetris movie, God help us all, uh, they're hoping that it will be a franchise. Yes. The first mm. of a trilogy. Mm. Of Tetris movies right. Purely because the story we've conceived Is so mm. big Says the man who tried to bring it to the screen Larry Kazanov uh, This isn't us splitting the last one of our Eight movies into two to wring the blood out of the stone It's just a big story Well So mm. there you go
0: It's it's incredible that you can squeeze One film out of Tetris Never mind three But yeah. who am I to argue with the visionary Larry Kazanoff, uh, I think I think this could be great this could be fantastic all the pieces are falling into place oh what Nothing. Uh it could be it could be absolutely mm. awesome uh, I will say and again I, I know we did a mammoth uh, hard sell on the issue uh, a while ago but there is a genuinely really, really great scoop uh, scoop in the news section which is at uh, Colin Trovaro the director of Jurassic World and Star Wars Episode Nine uh, has given us the exclusive first look and first word on his new movie, uh, Book of Henry, which, mm. the Book of Henry, which is uh, which is which nobody knew anything about, and now you can read all about it in the hallowed pages of Empire Magazine. So there you go. So that's that's a great one. Um, it feels to me that we should talk about Game of Thrones, but we sh- it's <laughs> it's, t- it's tough to talk about
2: Game of okay. Thrones without any spoilers. I don't think. Um, I will say that I thought it was a pretty satisfying season overall Uh, there were some ups and downs but generally a very satisfying season Mm -hmm. and I think it's interesting that we, we seem now to be moving pieces towards each other rather than away from each other as if building towards some kind of one hopes conclusion now the the word actually this this week from the showrunners is that they're planning two more shortened seasons so perhaps a total of about 13 episodes Mm -hmm. seven then six Mm -hmm. Um, but that that will bring it to a conclusion a finish an end and Um, that is kind of exciting because it seems like maybe that's where we're headed right now
1: I was absolutely blown away by the season. I was absolutely in love with it. I didn't think it put a single foot wrong. Absolutely. It was, it was, it, it still, to me, had the amazing shocks and surprises that you want from this show. But at the same time, kind of shifted into, like you just said, mm-hmm. kind of shifted into more of a kind of. A classic narrative that you would begin to hope for at this point in the overall story where like you say that they they're, they're coming together and the kind of you know the you know the the, the rise the rise of the Starks again is yeah. happening and obviously Daenerys is finally <laughs> finally stopping sitting around in that blooming pyramid. Mm.
2: Yeah. It's, um, it's, to quote Winston Churchill it may not be the beginning of the end, but it's certainly the end of the beginning. Yeah. So uh, it feels you know, hmm. like there's movement,
1: and I thought that that last episode, uh, yeah, the, last the episode opening sequence of the last episode is is now that's 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 TV to beat this year, uh, that, ho- that whole sequence.
0: So we have 13 episodes left, uh, two seasons, and you know, I have to say I admire that because this is a a huge TV show. It is a cash cow for HBO and they could easily have strung this thing out for 12, 13 seasons. Um, there are certain shows at the moment that show no signs of ever stopping. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> Locking <laughs> Dead! Oh my god! <laughs> Locking Dead! <laughs> um, just and just don't seem to ever <laughs> big bang theory.
2: Bay-bang oh, you, you really Chris, do something uh, in your throat, don't you? Gosh,
0: you're right, then. Chris. I'm all right. All right. Yeah, good. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um, and this is still going to stop after uh, eight, eight yeah. seasons. So that's great. That's very, very good. They've announced some directors for uh, season seven, including Alan Taylor. Never mind that he directed Terminator Genesis. He's a really good TV director and he'll be back. Uh, oh, um, he's directed-
1: he, he's, he did some great work in the early seasons. I mean, some, yes, some he really is. good stuff. He's
0: directed it before. Jimmy, Jeremy Podeswa, who's also Amazing. directed some episodes of the show. Mark Mylod, uh, Matt Shackman. Uh, it's going to be very, very fascinating. People have asked on Twitter, they've asked Empire, and they've asked me, I'm sure they've asked you, Helen, as well, whether we'll be doing a Game of Thrones Season 6 Spoiler Special podcast. At the moment, no. Partially because we just don't have the time. Mainly because we don't have the time, frankly. In fact, we haven't even got around to recording our Independence Day Resurgence Spoiler Special because trying to get us all in the same room at the moment is a bit like trying to schedule an Avengers movie. It's very, very (laughs) tricky.
2: Except Um, we don't have contracts mandating that we keep a certain month free.
0: Precisely. We don't have that. Um, uh, Or indeed money or notoriety or fame or six packs or any of the stuff that Avengers have, but it's all good. Um, But who knows? Who knows what will happen if we suddenly get a, a moment of time maybe in the next week or so and we don't feel that we've missed the cultural moment then maybe we'll do it and we'll see what happens Uh, but I will say there are great Game of Thrones podcasts out there EW do a good one Uh, Joanna Robinson of Fanity Fair does a couple of great um, uh, Game of Thrones podcasts so check those out um, and that'll hopefully fill your Game of Thrones spoiler podcast uh, needs Okay so it's time now for this week's guests Uh, Nicholas Winding Refn has been one of our favourite directors for a while Uh, we liked him before Drive made him cool uh, and he's back next week with The Neon Demon. Uh, Phil Disemlian went along to talk to him and his star slash muse, Elle
4: Fanning. Enjoy. Welcome to the Empire Podcast. Welcome back to the Empire Podcast, Nicholas and riffin And on debut, Elle Fanning, um, here to talk about The Neon Demon. A real pleasure to have you on, both of you. Thank,
5: Thank you. you. Um,
4: I think the film's obviously out in, in July in the UK, so Cam will be in the, in the rear view by then. But it does seem like an... Obvious place to start because you have you're developing a um, an intimate relationship with the festival. It's fair to say, Nicholas. Um, this time you were booed and heckled and also given a 10 minute standing ovation. Um, do you think can should sort of get together before it makes it a judgment and just work out what it's doing, or are you happy with that kind of level of um, sort of, you know, split? I guess in the audience.
5: Well. I think what we have to remember is that I am can. You are can. Because without me, it would be a really <laughs> boring film festival. It's, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, most of the things... You know, if you don't react to anything, why not just stay home and watch television? You know? Our movie that Ellen and I did, you know, The Neon Demon, brought everything than an event needs. We brought glamour, we brought beauty, we brought controversy, we brought vulgarity, we brought hatred, we brought anger, we brought love, and we brought hate. And, you know, creativity is all about reacting. Mm. Good and bad, that's your Indian lunch. I mean, how can you... Especially with the digital revolution where everything is accessible there's an audience for everything so somebody's opinions of good or bad is even like irrelevant in a way yes because of the future and L and I we come from the future hmm <laughs> we know what's going to happen and I think for us you know and for me this is my third time there Diversity equals success.
4: Right. L also on top of that list of things that you've just mentioned also brought a prom date to Cannes, I which did. is I don't know if that's a first for the festival. Did Did anyone tell you?
6: I know. I think everyone was very surprised by it. Also, prom is such a like an American yeah, thing. Yes, <laughs> Yes, true. Um, it was yeah because my prom was on the same night as the premiere, so I had to you know had to combine the two but my yeah my prom date came out and came to the premiere so we had our prom night in Cannes which was pretty spectacular
4: did you know that was happening before before your prom date arrived
6: I no, I did because yes. I we yeah you didn't just turn up, up and okay no it wasn't like a surprise <laughs> 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 yeah so we no we planned it and you know my mom got the whole photos on the staircase and like
4: I've seen the, p- the pictures are there on Instagram. Yeah. We, should we name check your prom date? What was his name?
6: Cassio. He's my best friend. Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah. So there wasn't a romantic, necessarily a romantic angle, just Not a long at all. platonic... I've known him
6: like since I was really young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, one of the coolest movie prom dates I think since probably Back to the Future. Yeah. Um, the, the George, the George Mofly part of that anyway. How are you describe being the neon demon to your friends who haven't seen it and don't know too much about Nicholas's work potentially? High school friends for instance. Do you, have you been asked... To, wow. to tell them what, it, what it's about and how are you framing it?
6: Well, it's a... <laughs> it's a teenage horror film, which is kind of... That's how Nick describes it. And I think it's very true to that. But yes. it's also very... I mean, it's... It's horror and, yes, it's terrifying, but it's also so glamorous and enticing and beautiful. Though I think, like, all the blood in it is even beautiful and glossy. Um, and... And yeah, and, and set in the in the fashion world. I mean, it's it can be set anywhere. Yes. Um, but it is set in that which is kind of ultimate exaggerated glamour in this fantasy world in a way that's obsessed with beauty because we're all kind of obsessed with beauty. Yes. I think
4: that's not unfair. Um, I wondered. I mean, the obvious question is, what did you learn from Nicholas working on this? But I wonder, you've been acting since you were since you were knee-high to a very small grasshopper, like two, three years old. Yeah. What, did,
5: you, did you learn anything from Elle on this movie? I learned everything. I mean, she was more experienced than I was. She's done more moves than I had. She knew more about eyelines than I did. Is that true? Really? Yeah. <laughs> to make The Neon Demon, it was all about, like always, who's going to play the lead. And for me, there was no other option. So everything was on depending on on us meeting. Mm. I was casting unknown actresses and there was no one that had the requirements that I felt could fulfill. There was no one that had it Uh or that thing. And uh, I basically was able to set up a meeting with Elle and uh, prior to that I had seen a few of her movies, and my wife had seen one of the recent films that Elle had done, and we saw this photo session, a photo spread that she had done for a, a magazine, and it was just like, she said, whatever it is, there's that thing that this film needs. So. This meeting was set up where my agenda was just like, get Elle Fanning, mission. <laughs> mission Fanning, go. Mission Fanning, and, you know, and, and failure is not an option because then there is no movie. And we had moved to L.A., we had put the kids in school in L.A., and everything was dependent. So we met at the house where we were staying, and and, you know... I think I was like, oh, this movie's about the 16-year-old girl inside of me, and you're going to be her, and this movie's about beauty and youth and teenagers and glamour and vulgarity and all those things that you say. and. Um I think it pretty went pretty well that night. It minute.
6: did, it did, because I went into it thinking I was like, oh, like I really want to do this. Like, hopefully, I get the part. Mm. And then Nick's like going into it like, oh, gotta get it out, I which I, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea that that's what it was. But it was you walk in, and it's like he has like there's like princess clothes everywhere, and like I met his two oh, daughters. okay, yeah, you're right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, Nick likes to dress up. <laughs> Um, but I saw it's like okay, like I saw you know the feminine side. Or like I understood why Nick Reffin was doing a movie, yes, about you know because that's not his normal. That's not what you think of when you think of him. Maybe now you do, but well,
4: dressing before. as a princess or making <laughs> oh yeah, this making
6: movie. films about
4: <laughs> yes, no, absolutely. Know, yeah, um, it, it, I know that there's some unusual direct directorial. Um, uh, I guess ticks that Nicholas has a uh, uh, violence motherfuckers he says oh
6: yeah you did say that
4: is that something JJ did on Super 8?
6: yeah no <laughs> no instead of action I've only heard that from uh, only heard that from Nick but it helped us that was the scene and then that's when I really got punched in the face did you? That, yeah by Abby it was yeah. she supposed to punch me in the face in the and, you know, we're like, oh, we had the stunt guy there and whatever, and it was an accident. She's like, He's she's like, like, violence, motherfuckers, and then she like really punched. Oh, which
5: very fetish. So for all the fetish crowds, there's something for everyone in the movie. Yes,
4: okay. There's a, there's a certainly fraternity of Empire podcast listeners who are in the fetish crowd, so I think they'll be pleased to hear that. Um, Keanu Reeves is a surprise addition to your sort of cast reper- repertory of actors in this movie. Um, he does. So it's fair to say he's quite far from his kind of neo-persona in this. Um, there is a scene where he effectively... Um, I, I mean, I don't want to use the phrase deep throat, but it's kind of no other oh way to describe goodness. it. Oh, my God. Where, where the, where you, yeah. I'm not going to shock the two people that made The Neon Demon, am I? But, I mean, you know, he, he takes a knife and he ends up, it, it, you know, down your throat and... Yeah. Um, it, <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously not a real knife But, yeah. it's still no, but it still looks like it was It was a real knife yeah. yeah I thought it was a rubber knife
6: Well, it's, no, re- it's well, not really
5: rubber it's, Yeah, it was like very like crouched. It was Dad punched for real Yeah is <laughs> a real knife His
6: face is like
5: You know, there was There's about a whipping scene Okay um, alright
4: so yeah. how did Keanu was he I mean I gather he was kind of apologetic about having to oh, subject yeah. well, he you to is these he's like
6: the sweetest guy like ever so polite and like whatever and yeah. I'm like yeah like up for him. like whatever <laughs> it's fine you know um, but he yeah just like making sure he's like oh is it okay is it okay I'm like yeah it's okay it's fine yeah I really like that scene
4: <laughs> it's a great scene yeah. yeah there's a lot of the, the motel sequence is, is this you know you talked about a, 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 a dream it's a weird Dark, dreamy, mm. sort of yeah. cinema stage, colored the wallpaper. Yeah. The I mean, just being in the, that room with that wallpaper—that was that a real interior, hotel. That, you didn't have to change that room at all because it and kind it of smelled. Did it? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> did you? Okay.
5: Did you send your location scouts? Just find me yeah, the the I nastiest, the most realistically run down motel. Yeah. And he came back with a few options. This was in Pasadena and near mountains, which would help with the whole. Tiger storyline. Mm. Okay. So uh, and then we went to see it, and it was just so horrendously scary and yet interesting. And um, it was a great place to begin the movie.
4: You got a bonus, I guess. Your location yeah. scout for that, with the extra smells. I mean, it must make you feel, you know, the the sort of three dimension of being in that in that in that setting as an actor.
6: Yeah.
4: Just to feel it and smell it. And yeah,
6: it's and always better to like be. On location and yeah. in a place than you know in a studio or something.
4: <laughs> I've got to wrap up very shortly. Um, I, you're obviously a big fan of collectibles. Um, I don't know if you had you know toys as a, as a kid growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on a movie tie-in toy for this for this film, The Neon Demon? Because it could be kind of a dark, twisted take on oh, yeah. Barbie potentially. Barbie. That's cool. With a with a yeah. detachable eyeball potentially.
5: Yeah, or a throat cut.
6: <laughs> yeah. Orbital. and then you squeeze it and blood comes out that.
4: that's a good idea yeah <laughs> Toys R Us coming soon right <laughs> Elf, Fanning Nicholas winner Ruffin. thank you so much for joining us on the Empire Podcast it's been a pleasure thank,
6: thank you, you.
0: Okay, so that was uh, Nicholas Windy and Refn uh, and Al Fanning there along with Phil Disemley and now it's time to talk about the movie reviews. Only two films, two, two big films the multiplexes this week to discuss. Uh, first up, let's start with absolutely fabulous a movie, shall we? Hell's bells. I Bells, I know you saw this last
2: night. Yes, yeah, so at the premiere, darlings. Um, mm. Yeah, this. Is, so it's been a little while since this was on our screens and certainly a little while since it was, you know, culturally dominant on our screens but uh, Edina and Patsy are back obviously played by Jennifer Saunders who also wrote and uh, Joanna Lumley Uh, and basically they haven't learned anything they haven't changed they haven't grown there has been no positive development in their lives this will not shock you if (laughs) you've ever seen them um this, the story this time has uh, Adina struggling with her PR business, uh, obviously, because she's terrible at it. Uh, and, uh, and Patsy learns that Kate Moss is looking for new representation. So Adina is very keen to get the job. So they go to a party which, which Kate Moss is at with a huge number of other celebrity cameo guests. Pats, basically, Edina accidentally knocks Kate Moss into the river to her presumed death. Uh, So she becomes obviously hounded as a pariah. She's investigated by the police. Uh, She is, uh, you know, a, a social outcast. And she decides to escape to the south of France. Uh, with Patsy, of course, and with her granddaughter who has the only working credit card in the house because, you know, she doesn't exactly spend money wisely. Uh, they head off to the south of France uh, in search of a rich husband for Patsy so that the the two of them can live in the style to which they've become accustomed. Uh, and it's fair to say it doesn't all work out quite as smoothly as you would wish. So that's the basic plot, which doesn't matter even slightly. Hmm. Um Here's the thing: the plot of the movie is quite bad, <laughs> uh, in the sense that we've seen it a million times. We didn't really like it the, the third or fourth time. Never mind at this point. Um, it's uh, filled with characters who just don't need to be there, uh, and who don't get enough screen time to really shine. Most of the celebrity cameos sort of fall flat. Not all, but most. Um, and and it's all a lot of the jokes just don't hit. The thing is, there are so many jokes Mm -hmm. that enough of them do hit that you're still laughing quite constantly. Mm. So that's why, I mean, I ended up giving it three stars. I mean, it's just, it's not well put together. It really isn't. And I can't stress this enough. You know, the the cinematography (laughs) is not good. The the storytelling is not great. Um, But I still laughed. And in a comedy, that has to be kind of a win. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is going to be a a moderate kind of... uh, a moderate success, critically, but I think it's going to do very, very well at the box office because God knows the British bo- people right now yeah, need to pick me up after we the week that we've had. <laughs> uh, so this could be just the thing. Um, but, yeah. And, and also... So, they- so it's
1: not absolutely fabulous. It's, <laughs> it's kind of... Kind of sufficiently fabulous it's
2: sufficiently fabulous yes okay, and okay. and I mean you know Jennifer Saunders is hilarious, and she 's actually most hilarious, I think in some of the the tiny moments there 's a moment where she 's uh, trying to do her mindlessness, as she calls it, I think she means mindfulness, um, but she's uh, she she sort of takes a statue of of the Buddha in her hands and goes. You know, oh, what about all those alms I gave you? Where's my enlightenment? You know, th- that kind of stuff. And then she's, she's trying to om again and sort of make little bell noises with her empty hands. And hmm. that's funny. And it's much funnier than when they go broad and they go big. Um, so I think it's when they trust the comedy of their leads that I think this film really, really shines best. Hmm. Um, it also doesn't work when they try to be emotional or sincere. It's awful at that, at that point. But it doesn't matter.
1: It's very funny. <laughs> no hugging, no learning. Didn't anyone no learn anything hugging, no from learning. Seinfeld? Exactly. Honestly. Well, there, there's
2: been no learning. It's just the hugging.
1: Yes.
2: Anyway, so we give it, or I give it three stars.
0: Three stars okay. for absolutely fabulous movie, which um, we believe is still a recommendation. Yeah, it's okay. Three yeah. stars is still a recommendation. Okay. It's okay. Okay. It's okay. It's
1: okay, everyone. It's okay.
0: And next up is Central Intelligence. Helen, Europe for this one again. It's The Rock and <laughs> Kevin Hart. Uh, a, a little heart and a big Johnson uh, is the tagline for this yeah. movie. Tiger. The, the year. Saving the world needs a little heart and a big Johnson. I have a sneaking suspicion that is funnier than any joke in the film.
2: That is actually not true.
0: Oh, there
2: we no, go. I'm going to diverge slightly from the Empire Review at this point. So the Empire Review is a two. I agree with many of the criticisms in it, and I will mm-hmm. tell you what those are, uh, but I feel a little bit more warmly inclined towards this film than perhaps our reviewer
0: did. Is that because of your overwhelming love uh, and enduring love? for Kevin Hart The Rock The Rock
2: (laughs) it it is partly that because I genuinely think he's excellent in this I think he's absolutely hilarious Um, the film starts as a sort of it's got a little bit of a cable guy feel about it so we we start in a flashback 20 Mm -hmm. years ago 1996 Kevin Hart is the high school sort of valedictorian he's president of his class he's captain of every sports team going plus the chess club or the debating society or whatever he's the guy basically Mm -hmm. and uh and he has this high school sweetheart there and he's his life is basically made he is the most likely to succeed meanwhile there's a fat weird little kid called robbie weirdick and yes dan stops snickering. uh and (laughs) who is basically bullied horribly by others in the year and uh and kevin hart is the only one to show him some compassion so basically robbie leaves school with with you know friendly feelings towards him and 20 years later uh the The two meet up again, so by this point, Kevin Hart's character has not really achieved all he wanted to in life uh he's kind of he's doing okay, but he's not doing brilliantly, and he feels a little bit kind of like he's letting everybody down by not being a huge superstar. He accepts a new Facebook request from a guy who's changed his name sensibly to Bob Stone, and that turns out to be the rock who's of course what the little fat kid has grown up into, apparently by the very simple expedient of spending six hours a day for the last 20 years in the gym. Apparently Mm. that's all it takes. Really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, So anyway, uh, what follows is a really genuinely strange encounter between the two of them. I mean, with the rock wearing sort of unicorn T-shirts and cut off jorts, uh, jean shorts and, and carrying around a fanny pack and just being really strange And that's brilliant. The problem is then it becomes a spy movie, and that's not great. So when it's The Rock being strange, it's Mm -hmm. fantastic. And when it's The Rock being a spy, it's seen it all before.
0: Um, Isn't there a feeling that The Rock needs to start choosing better material? That he is better than almost every script he has picked over (laughs) the last... Three four years uh he's in a succession of mediocre films that he somehow through sheer willpower and charisma turns into passable to good films, and what if he were actually united somehow with a great script and a great director? Think what he could do
2: yeah i honestly i mean you know um in our review andrew laurie's uh mentioned you know what imagine him working with like an Edgar Wright or something and yeah. that that you're you're absolutely right that would be fantastic he does deserve better than this. I think he makes the best out of whatever he does. And I mean, you know, this has made a huge amount of money already at the US box office. It's going to keep making more. Kevin Hart is an enormous comedy star, Mm. uh, especially in the US, but increasingly around the world. So, you know, it absolutely makes sense from a commercial point of view to do this kind of thing. Mm. Um, But it's just, you're right, it's not quite as as sharp and as clever as I think we want for him. Um, But I mean, you know, it should be. I mean, it's, it's Ross and Marshall Thurber who... He obviously did Dodgeball, which is a bit of a favourite. Yeah, I love so Dodgeball.
0: It's one of my favourite f- uh, comedies of the last 20 years, but yeah. at the same time, I love The Rock and I love Dwayne Johnson and he's well, he's the same person, isn't he? Um, what? And I, I just wish... I want more from him, man. Mm. You know, yeah, he, he's he's just remember just, him in The Other Guys? You he's know? so good he's in The not, Other Guys. Not, not in
1: it that much, but I mean, that was he was... Oh, great so brilliant.
0: good in the yeah. rundown slash welcome to the jungle yeah. you know yeah. he, he, if he teams up with a really good strong director I just, that's that's what I want instead what we're getting over the next couple of years is another San Andreas and a Baywatch and a Jumanji and it, Baywatch could work but they could all work they could all be fine but I,
2: I yeah you know,
0: when you look back on you know when you look back in 20 years time in The Rock's career
2: he's going to be in Moana
0: he's going to be in Moana
2: with all um, my favourite people. He's
0: fast eight. I mean, you know, it's all fine. And he's great when he's a pinch hitter and he comes in in the big franchise and he swings and he's all good. But I just, I want, I want more from him. Yeah. I'll start picking better scripts, damn it.
2: Well, anyway, we. I'd give... say that to
0: his face. <laughs> yeah, sure
2: you would. <laughs> we gave this uh, <laughs> a little Hewitt and a Big Johnson defensive.
0: Well, yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a nightmare scenario, isn't there? Um, my wife doesn't recognise that. Oh, I'm talking to my wife again. Depends how far away his face is. Right. In fairness.
2: So if he was, like, safely across, like, a chasm or something, you yeah. might have shied across. You, you need-, need a bit of scrunch, man! And then you'd run <laughs> Yeah, really fast. because
1: he could probably traverse that ravine. Yeah, and- he probably yeah. could. Yeah. Just okay. jump it. So basically what you're saying is you'd yell, you're a stupid head at him and then run away.
0: <laughs> no, I wouldn't yell, you're a stupid head at him, because he's an amazing guy. I've met him, and he just oozes many things, uh, not least of which is charisma. Mm. And, you know, I just, I want, I want, I just, yeah. I, I, want to look at him, I want to look him in the eye from a distance. <laughs> through binoculars ideally yeah and whisper
2: you need better scripts man in the hope that he would be able to hear you because he probably could
0: he might think that I am some sort of angel on his shoulder
2: I'm your conscience (laughs) I'm your conscience Dwayne (laughs) (laughs) right, Paul Rudd Um, anyway so we give this two stars I personally would probably go three but that is just because of my enduring love of Right. his rockness
0: um, there are two other films that are out this week um, one that sadly no one in the booth has seen uh, it is the film of the week just by sheer dinner star ratings and also Kim Newman's raving about it in the new issue of Empire uh, it is Queen of Earth which stars Elizabeth Moss and uh, Catherine Waterstone Elizabeth Moss stars a, a woman who's going through a very interesting very complex breakdown um, and it is a very uh, apparent haunting creepy uh, film, so uh, four stars for that. If you if you can seek that one out, and the other one is a film called The Colony, kind of horror film with uh, Emma Watson. Not that great, sadly. Uh, two stars for that one. Uh, but you know, again, if you want to go see those, then knock yourselves out. Um, but that is it for the reviews section. And we realize that this is incredibly self indulgent, but it is not every day that uh, a bastion of empire. Leaves. So it is time to say farewell to Dan Joel, and please, uh, if you will, uh, you've sent a ton of questions in from. So yeah, uh, you know, it's a lovely moment of introspection, retrospection. It's great. People have
1: been. I'm, I'm, I'm actually quite gobsmacked. I mean, there's so many questions uh, came in and so many lovely comments uh, yep. on the old Twitter feed. Um, why are you but, leaving, um, Dan? What, what's, what's, I think some of people want to know first. A lot of people are asking why. And it's just like, you know, I've, I've, I've done this job. I mean, the features editor, or as I'm now called, associate editor brackets features, um, for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, maybe you could call it a 10-year age. I guess. Um, I, I just kind of, you know, uh, as, as amazing as the magazine is, and uh, as much as I love working with the people that I work with and getting to do the things that I do, there just, just comes a point where you feel you need to change it up a little bit mm. um, and, you know, not be necessarily going into the same place every single day. And um, I kind of wanted to flex some different muscles and do some different things as a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh primarily. Um, you know, I've got um a uh you know some 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 stuff I'm working on, personal stuff I'm working on, which I want to give a little bit more time to, and uh um there's some other topics I would like to write about as well as film. Um, Holy cow. So um so yeah, that's the uh that's that's the plan uh, to become my own boss, to go freelance, become a hired gun, if you like. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, like Marshall Kane at the end of high noon <laughs> i 've no. thrown down my star and i 'm going off to do what a man 's got to do wow. what a dan 's got to do. <laughs> Um I'm bringing myself that new horizon. <laughs> okay. I am the master of my fate. I am the okay. captain of my soul. All right, let's get some
0: questions. We're going to race through these. Um so people have sent them in via Twitter. First question here, this is for you Dan. Yeah. Uh what are your fondest memories of Ali Plum? And this has been sent in by Ali Plum. Mm.
1: Oh, yeah, Ali Plum. Um he um as uh, a very important person in my life Ali Plum uh, sorry who is Sorry, uh, that, he used to be on the podcast did he? so now
0: he's a big noise on radio
1: ah right yeah 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 uh, that Ali
0: Plum yeah, good, good. Um, I feel like I just whispered into your ear like you know like the guy stands behind POTUS yeah mm.
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. no uh, sorry Ali sorry Ali
2: I do,
1: what, why do I have to pick a particular bloody moment I mean that's requiring me to use my memory and stuff oh Oh, well, I don't want to do We could that. be screwed. All these questions will oh, require you no. to use your memory. Um, um, no, uh, you know, just he it was, it was always really fun working with Ali and, you know, talking talking about Breaking Bad with him and stuff. We're off to a good start.
0: Yeah. Uh, next question is from at Chapman CMC. What will it take to make you stay? Hmm. <laughs> I don't believe Chapman CMC is uh, uh, authorised yes. to make any <laughs> offers. Yes.
1: Or to negotiate on the behalf of Bar Media. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't know, uh, 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 options to work, work from home five days a week for twice the money I'm on. How about that?
2: Oh, I mean, that seems totally reasonable. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> where, where
0: do we sign? Uh, okay, I'm just going to I'm gonna try and get through as many as we yeah, can. Yeah, let's just okay. do it. Quick fire. At Maca Gym 45, ratings yeah. out of 10. Mm. Never mind, we have a five-star rating. Uh,
1: yeah. Ratings out of 10 for Superman the movie. Superman the movie? Yeah. Uh, that's probably... Personally, four because it loses a star because of that whole making the earth go back in time bit, so which, you're actually I, which I never saw. You're marching out
2: of five instead of ten, like he asked you to do. I mean, come on. Dan. Oh, God. I'm just, honestly, this is just the Empire way, isn't it? it uh, is. Eight. Eight.
1: Eight
0: out of five uh, for Superman yes. the movie. Uh, Champ Celluloid asks I think it was Dan who introduced me to the phrase uncanny valley. Yes. Uh, has Hollywood solved a phenomenon yet?
1: It's it's much improved, I think. But the problem is, in whenever they try and do anything where you have CG characters that could just quite easily be played by people, do you know? When yeah. it's kind of when when it's apes, for example, like in the Amazing Planet of the Apes movies or Gollum, or you know, it when it's something definitely non-human. I mean, I'm I'm still. Um, you know, for example, I still don't quite understand why Lord Snoke in The Force Awakens, even though he's played Brilliant by Andy Serkis, why it needed to be a performance captured character. Not that it was Uncanny Valley. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of when you, mm. you, you're you kind of trying to bring it too close to what could have been done otherwise, naturally, that it's, it's still not quite working. Okay. But um, for the most part, I think we're, we're out of there. Close. Close enough. Uh, at Dr. Jr.
0: says, What item would you take from the office?
1: <laughs> um, we've got a toy cave troll, which uh, my, my kids really want. So I'd steal that. Do it. Screw it. Just take it. Nah, it's part of the furniture. I couldn't do I can not do it. Of course you could. No yeah, did, and also, we're not know, attached to it, Dan. No, it's, no, really no it's, fine, it's fine. The cave troll, I mean, and also it's kind of, it's good. It's kind of because he doesn't get played with because obviously, you know, we're not children <laughs> in the Empire office. That's cute We're not, not that. totally immature. Um, uh, I'd, I'd take it home. It'd get trashed in like two minutes. Okay. Take it.
2: No, come on! Did you learn nothing from Toy Story Two? Toys are meant to be played with. Yeah. Anyway, uh, no.
1: except those. It's covered in dust. May have value in years to come. You keep those in the box. Yeah. You keep those. In the yeah. Box. If you keep them in the box, it's better. I haven't touched oh, my. You get uh, loads of money for it. Got You're
2: massive are
0: awful. Shield helicarrier from Comic Con. Although I play with my Galactus.
2: Well, I mean, I don't. What are mm. you doing your own time, Chris? It's
0: nineteen inches. Mmm.
1: <laughs> your
2: <laughs> Please stop.
1: Uh, you, Ethan, <laughs> sorry. I was going to try to make a joke about a moon there, but it just wasn't going to work. Don't do that. Uh, instead, Uranus.
2: Oh.
1: Ethan Runt asks Have you seen the Alec Baldwin BT ads? I've seen one of them. I've seen one of them, and it made me chuckle gently.
2: <laughs> well done, advertisers.
1: <laughs> yeah. I like those ads. Yeah. Uh, I like the Ryan Reynolds ones as
0: well. Uh, is Dan Jolin being forced to leave? This is from Versus BCCI because he disagreed
1: about what Matrix sci fi moment to put in the feature. No, because I won that battle. Hashtag he was right. Yeah. Um, No, I won it. I was the victor. And uh, to the victor, the spoils. (laughs) (laughs) And he's already outlined outlined his reasons for leaving. Uh,
0: Chris Murphy, Murphy's Boredom, says, A little cliche, but when, if ever, have you felt most starstruck?
1: George Clooney. Years and years and years and years ago. Uh, I went to interview him and um, it was a really good interview actually but uh, but yeah I was sort of waiting outside and then, then he came out with the person that would be interviewing him beforehand and uh, he was all being nice and he turned around and he, he saw me and he said, "He said, hi Dan, I'm George. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> like yeah, no, you're George Cleon. <laughs> and he said, come in, come in, do you know, can I get you a drink? He was all Mr. Charm and everything. And I ended up, I ended up like an hour later stumbling out of the room and Stepping um, out of the hotel. What happened do, <laughs> in that and hour. stepping out into the street and um walking off, thinking, Oh, that was that was really good. He was really nice. I liked him. And then I realised like I like two minutes later I'd been walking in completely the wrong direction, so the oh. direction I needed to be going and i just stumbled off, not you though, were in love. And I was like I, I just went, Oh yeah, okay. So that's that is being starstruck, isn't it? Because yeah. I just I was dazed. But that hasn't happened since.
2: It's always somebody that gets you. Hmm. They're
1: they're just normal people, Dan. Hmm. They're as as frightened
0: of you as you are of them. (laughs) I think that's
2: spiders, Chris.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, the vision's based on movement. That's (laughs) celebrities, right?
2: That's Mm, that's that's, Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's actually not, but, you know. Okay. No, I think you're thinking
1: of um, guinea pigs.
2: Guinea pigs. Guinea pigs.
1: I'm terrified of guinea I do know one thing though, about celebrities is that they move in herds. You do move in herds They do Or or actually the technical term is flock Oh that's true Yes a flock of celebrities Uh,
0: Monty H. Withnow asks Who has the best movie beard?
1: Oh my god that's tough Because I mean I can't I mean I mean you know Tony Stark's kind of gets on my nerves a little bit I think Because it's just so fiddly and everything I think. Can I have a non-movie one? Can I do TV? Of course you can, Dan. Can Let's, I do yeah. can I do Andrew Lincoln in in The Walking Dead for a bit? That's that's an astonishing beard. <laughs> I love that beard. Uh, actually, Travis Fimmel's in Vikings is pretty good as well. If you're talking TV ones, um, I would got
2: Brendan Gleeson in
1: uh, in Troy Calvary.
2: No. Calvary. Calvary. Okay, yes, good yeah, that's beard. a good beard. Magnificent stripes.
1: It's got to be a real one though, hasn't it? Really, if it's a fake one, it, you can't it can't count. Um, So, you you know, all the dwarf beards from from, from, from The Hobbit You know, yeah, you could go go in the health But, you know, Ian McKellen doesn't really The
0: correct answer answer to this question is, of course, Kurt Russell and the thing But uh, that's... No,
1: no, no, that's a good answer That is a good answer
0: At Don Lyle says Did you get any feedback after calling salmon fishing in Yemen
1: an insipid piece of shit? No (laughs) For some reason, nobody felt the need to respond to that Did I say that? I don't remember you saying that. I don't remember Unless saying that. You, you probably said it in the office. I think we all have said that at some point. Maybe, so I was, like, uh, maybe, maybe I was in a, in one of my darker, darker moods at the time. But uh, it is a an piece of shit, though.
0: Uh, at Factor Victor asks, "What's he going to not going to miss about the job?"
1: Um, well, I think a lot of the things that I do this job for, I will still be doing in some form. You know, the joy, the joy is still there. So, I mean, I guess it's the ninety-minute commute. <laughs> You're not going to miss it. No. Okay. I will not miss the 90-minute commute. I will not miss the Metropolitan Line being packed full of people on a hot day. And, um, yeah, I will not miss that. What will you like miss? Like, every day? day. What will I miss, mm-hmm. most of all, from the job?
2: The people. <coughs> what will uh, you miss, Dan?
1: That doesn't let me think about it. Uh, Your colleagues. <laughs> the the regular the regular money the salary i think uh that, that's obviously uh the salary is important the benefits obviously holiday pay there's that um there's there's um uh, obviously uh the when
2: there's in the world when, <laughs>
1: When you when you when you you get sick pay when you're ill obviously you just get money anyway which it's is that's I always yeah, thought that was really, really, really good that was cool uh, See films are free, that's seeing films for free that seeing films for free pension contributions being matched by the company that was always quite a nice thing and sorry Helen what was it you said I didn't I was just coughing oh okay okay oh and also um, there's there's an amazing. Uh, team of brilliantly creative people that I sure. work with, and and I think probably virtually every day have made me laugh in one form or shape or another. Usually at Chris uh, is is rather than with him, but occasionally he does actually say something quite amusing, and. Um, uh, yeah, it's it's you know when kind of when you when you interview film stars about making movies or like they're, you're into the end of this franchise and well, how does it feel and they usually go oh it's such like a family and then and you're just like yeah I've heard that so many times but it is kind of a bit of a family kind of an atmosphere uh, uh, you know when you work with the same people for so long so um, I think you know that's going to feel like a wrench uh, when I do finally step away from the office for the final time. Nah,
0: you'd be all right. Uh, at Cat Brown, formerly of this parish, Ooh. asks Dan, "Talk of your VG banned words list, and what's the worst word crime
1: a writer has committed on your watch?" Crikey! Oh, well, that's a bit cruel. Um, No, actually, I I, I kind of I did when I was reviews editor before I was features editor many, 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 many years ago. um, I did draw up a list of of words that words or phrases that should not appear in reviews, which I think still stands in many ways. Although there have been new ones since, interestingly enough. Um, but it would be things like the obvious ones, like you do not describe something as a roller coaster ride because just horrific cliche. Gem, I was 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 a word I always hated. Mm-hmm. You know when the sort of people would say an overlooked gem or this or the other, and it's not so much that they're inherently terrible words, it's just that after a certain amount of time, you, you, it feels like lazy writing. You banned Star um, Wars, which I thought was really restrictive. Um, only That's when the comparison. words are used separately. <laughs> Um, something on acid, maybe. Um, no, hang on. There was, there was, uh, I, I think like more recent ones, is you would say the, the, the Avengers of or the something, something Avengers. You know what I mean? Mm. As, a, as a comparison point. But um, hang on. I've just compared us to the Avengers in this very podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unfavorably, I might add. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so yes, yeah, so I used to have this this, this list of words and, and bless Kat for, for remembering it. I hope it wasn't because she used one of them and I had to go at her for it. <laughs> um possibly it was. Um and what was the second part of the question? I can't remember. Oh what was the what was the word? The worst, th- word, crime the on worst watch. word crime on my watch. Oh crikey. Um I can't honestly think of one sorry because you know obviously the people that write for Empire are usually so amazing we're, we're was so it good. Was
2: it when you wrote smell it with your eyes as a joke uh, you know, and, I, actually, and I put that it is, through
1: <laughs> that, do you know what yeah I'm going to blame this that's a great one yeah smell it with your eyes my own writing I don't know how it happened for perfume for perfume for the film perfume which I gave four stars to but the worst thing about that was that when the review because when you know when the the people publicizing the film and they're making the posters they they see our reviews and they're like oh we'll, we'll take a quote from it and i didn't know this was going to happen but then the poster came out and it had smell it with your eyes written on it and i was just like what <laughs> That's the worst thing I've ever written, and, and I, I don't know. It was just a brain fart. I don't know. <laughs> I, to this day, I look back and I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Maybe I. Maybe I. You know. Maybe I was on acid.
2: <gasps> on a roller coaster.
1: I was on a roller coaster, acid-fueled roller coaster ride of adrenaline.
0: Don't what do a, it, kids. What a gem. Uh, at Ano Dracula, aka Kim Newman of this parish, says. With so many new job opportunities in Britain, which major political party leadership should Dan Jolin contest?
1: Um, Green Party. Fair enough. Because because they seem nice. Don't they, though? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'd kind of, I'd, maybe I'd make them a bit more um, uh, evil uh, so that they could actually, you know, get more votes. That, right. that escalated quickly. I'll be honest.
0: I did not expect that. It's a bit like my plan to become manager of Manchester United and then sell mm. other best players
1: and sell like, the ground and the training ground mm. to... Asda. Yeah. no, I'm I mean, not I th- very close th- to achieving <laughs> TV To be honest, I think the best the best thing generally would be uh, my uh, liberal dictatorship.
2: Oh, God. <laughs> you and James both think that if you were dictators of the world, that, that things would be better.
1: It's hard to
0: disagree. At underscore Spurs asks, does Dan know his name is
1: an anagram of old ninja? And how does this make him feel? Do you, I've actually never actually sat down and tried to do anagrams of my own name. Um, so I'm really, really glad that that is an anagram of my name. But to be honest, I feel more like a young ronin. Right. Yeah? Yeah. Masterless samurai. No, I know a ronin. You know? Yeah, And yeah. I say young because, you know, I'm only, you know, still in my early 40s. Very early. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm 41. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I believe you don't. Um,
0: Ollie Thomas at Ollie2033 asks Neither of their mothers are called Martha. Make a better
1: ending to Batman versus Superman. Go. Batman looks into Superman's eyes. Superman looks into Batman's eyes. Something happens. They kiss. It's electric. They come together, their lips locked. Their jaws move. Their cheeks.
2: Oh, this twitch. is wrong I yes. think we should move away from that slash fiction. Batman,
1: no. <laughs>
0: God damn you, Dan. Mm at Ollie Richards uh, of this parish asks do you still have the little hat you were obliged to wear any time you wanted to talk about World of Warcraft
1: somewhere I think I think I think it's probably at the bottom of my, my children's dressing up box
2: I wish you would had to wear it it used to be every single morning uh, Dan would come in and he and James would have a half hour conversation about storming the Scarlet Monastery or something it was unbelievable uh, well this day. Well I'm well still remembered. not sure
0: they were talking about World of Warcraft <laughs> um Mr. Nugent, John Nugent of this parish. Uh, we will get to people who aren't of this parish, and we know and we got to go very quickly. What's the best, worst joke or pun you've ever managed to get published in the
1: mag? Oh crikey! I mean, there've been so many. I mean, there have been so many. Uh, I, honestly, it's, it's you know, it's 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 been twelve years, and it's been twelve issues a year, and so you know. ooh, can you do the 12 times table? It's a
2: gross one hundred and forty-four. I
1: am, and within that are so many bad puns and so many amazing ones. So I, co- I could not highlight. I think I think one of uh, one of the my favourite things I've, I've 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 ever come up with was when um, Bowling for Columbine won the uh, won the Palm Door, and uh, although that's possibly before I started at Empire, I'm trying to remember. But anyway, whatever the headline was, shock and door. Um, no, no, hang on. Wasn't about Fahrenheit 911. When Fahrenheit 911 was that right? Was it Fahrenheit 911 when the pandor? Anyway, there you go. I'm an I'm a, I'm an old ninja with bad memories. So, so 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 screw it. What's Last next? question, Lenny
0: UK DJ. Sorry we're not getting round all your questions, but uh, we are being literally kicked out of the booth. Yeah. Um, uh, Lenny UK DJ asks, and we'll end on a high. Has there been any personal moment during your time at Empire where you've wanted to crawl into a ball and die?
1: <laughs> Oh, uh, not really, not really. Because I'm not that emotional. Okay, not really. But you know, it's been an amazing time. I mean, you know, I got to I got to see the the the, the rise of, of Christopher Nolan as a as, as an amazing filmmaker. I got to see the return of Star Wars. You know, I've uh, I've got to see the Marvel Studios phenomenon happen. Um, you know, and it's 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 a been it's absolutely amazing to be kind of you know. In the front row, when when all these all these brilliant things go on, so uh, so let's actually end it on a high and say yes, absolutely. I That's mean, it's been it's, it's been a great decade to be here.
0: And let's point out, of course, this probably won't be the last time Dan's in the podcast. Um, he will be popping in from time to time, I'm sure. Um, Helen, of course kind of officially left Empire I've left Empire in the past uh, and we're still here so people get dragged in not least because there's two entrances to the pod booth and it's very very hard to block both of them at the same yeah, time so it really is. Dan will be back in the podcast um on a personal note, I want to say that it's been an, a pleasure working with you. I first met you uh, when you were working for the terrifying foes, the other film magazine in the UK, uh, on one of my on my very very first visit, Twenty Four Hour Party People. And, yeah, uh, good times. Uh, and uh, we we clicked right away. I think it's fair to say we met again at X Men Two, and you know, and then you came to work for Empire, and it's just been it's been a pleasure. Twelve years, my god, my god. Yeah, you're taking. You know, you're taking stock of your life and your career, and you're making you're making changes. And and my God, and
2: you're still my here, my God, I'm
0: still here. My God, <laughs> what am I doing with my life? Anyway, uh, it's been it's been amazing. You're 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 uh, an incredible guy, an incredible writer, and it's been a joy working with you. Amazing,
2: thanks, uh, man. Thank you. Uh, Helen, anything to thanks, say, Helen. this twat, before he goes? Ah, uh, well, you know. No. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Of course, I think we're all going to miss Dan. He's been a, a mainstay for nearly as long That's as I've Dan. been here. Okay. Yeah. Mm, yeah, and uh, and it's been an absolute pleasure. But we'll see him all the time anyway, so I don't feel like this is goodbye. I feel like it's uh, laters. Yeah. 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 You know
0: when yeah. you get rid of gout and then it comes back? Yeah. It's a bit like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, and that is it from the Empire Podcast uh, for this week. Join us next week when we'll be joined by the Highlander himself Christopher Lambert and just to prove that Dan isn't buggering off anywhere soon he did the interview so I'll be hearing Dan next week as well until then it is goodbye from Helen it's goodbye from Dan farewell my friends Uh, and it's goodbye from me I'm off for a good old manly cry while clutching Dan's purple banana holder not a euphemism he genuinely does have one Uh, see you next week bye